It's me, DJ Envy, with the word of the day. Subscribe. That's it. That's the word. The Alive Podcast Network is global streaming platform that curates the best black creative content in one spot. Just for you, tap in today for $5 in iOS, Android, and AlivePodcastNetwork.com. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You are now joining the Positive Deposit Podcast, where we are transforming minds to change lives. I am your host, Presley Nelson Jr., two-time survivor and proud president of Positive Deposits. And we have a very special, special guest, especially special guest to me because she's actually my brother. Now, I know y'all are probably listening and thinking like, or watching like, how is that his brother? However, we are part of uh, a special IOTA frat chapter of Delta Sigma Pi. Um, I've known this, uh, this guest for a while and she's such a beautiful spirit a beautiful warrior and a conqueror. So um, without further ado, we have Tori McGee on the show. So <laughs> Tori, just give a brief, you know, just introduce yourself. We're not going to give them everything yet, but I'm just going to give the floor is yours. And I just want you to just tell people where you're from and, um, and then we'll jump right into it. Perfect. Hi, thank you, Presley, for having me. And hello to the Positive Deposits family. My name is Tori McGee. Um, I reside currently in Atlanta, Georgia. I've been in Atlanta for about a year. Um, and prior to that, I was in Jersey City, New Jersey for, for about 12, 13 years. Um, so I am 35 years old. I have a 10-month-old son named Brixton. Um, and so, so happy to be here with you guys today. Absolutely. And, you know, you've already been a you're already a part of the Howard Heroes uh, family. So, you know, positive deposits. So um, let's jump right into it. Survivor to a survivor. And we got definitely something in common. So talk to us, you know, um, stage four, uh, lymphoma. Yeah. Where were you yeah. at? What was going on? You know, when did you find out? Yeah, so um, similar to, to Presley, I'm a two times Hoskins lymphoma uh, cancer survivor. <laughs> it's been a, it's been a journey, y'all. So I'll give you guys a little bit of background. Um, I was first diagnosed in 2019. Um, I had just celebrated my 32nd birthday, and uh, I had developed this really pesky cough. Mm. Cough wouldn't go away; just a really dry cough. And so, so we'll say this is June, right? Um, and and I didn't feel you know, I, I just was like, what's going on? Wow. Um, cause I'm not a, generally don't get sick that often. Uh, but then over the course of like a couple weeks after that, people were stopping me at work in the mm. hallway saying, man, you look good. You lost so much weight. You've been losing weight. You've been working out. Mind you, I hadn't right. been in the gym, had been working out and I would go, Oh, thank mm. you. You know, I didn't really notice stepped on the scale. I had lost 30 pounds. 30 pounds from the last time that I stepped on the scale to that point. And I, wow. I was in an environment that was very, um, um, just a high paced environment from a work perspective and go, go, go doing a lot of travel. Oh. And I just chucked it. Yeah. I was on the move. I just checked it up to just being busy and, and just maybe, um, a stress yep. and, but 30, 30 pounds did make me pause because I, you know, I'm sitting down, but I'm, uh, generally I'm 5'10 and I'm kind of hover around 190, right? Yeah. At this time I was like one in the 160s range, right? 
And so for me, that that's a that's a lot. <laughs> and so, um, you know, that I had people stopping telling me that I was losing weight. And then also I had really itchy, itchy skin. I was like itching all over. And I kept telling my sister, oh man, like, I think I have eczema. Like my skin was dry. It was like, you know, I didn't put all the pieces together, but there were a lot of things going on. And I, and insomnia was the other thing. I just wasn't sleeping well at night. Insomnia. Okay. Couldn't sleep. I wasn't sleeping well at night. I would have, I'd go to bed, I'd wake up and I'd be, well, I'd wake up in the middle of the night. That's the first thing. But when I did wake up, I'd be exhausted. So sometimes I'd wake up at eight o'clock or 6.30 to get ready for work. And I would get back in the bed and like lay down another 30 minutes. I just felt beat. I felt very, very tired. So by the time I got to the doctor and um, this is July, right? So I'd say a couple of weeks went by uh, and I did go to like a clinic. Of course, they're thinking it's just a call. Um, Another couple of weeks go by and I actually go to my general physician. They do a x-ray of my chest and they see a tumor, oh, um, a mass, right? And they call me back right away and they say, hey, there's a mass, we gotta get you in for a biopsy. What was going through your mind when they told you that as far as there's a mass in your body? I had, it wasn't even on the radar for something that could ever happen to me. Yeah, I didn't even know what to think. At this point, I'm still, I remember calling my mom and say, oh, the doctor just called me. They told me that there's a, um, there's, a, a, a mass from the x-ray still not not even anything it's together. not even on your radar not it's not, not even on my radar I, for me that's not even it's not an option right the, right the c word hadn't even been like no one had even said cancer at this point yeah and so i'm like oh man that's weird like <laughs> i'm thinking maybe it's something that's benign i don't know right and so um fast forward right we go through biopsy yeah. um, results come back and um, the doctor tells me that, hey, we, you know, this is Hodgkin's lymphoma. Now, yeah, in, in Hodgkin's, you know, well, hearing, hearing that information, I'm freaking out yeah. because I don't know what it is. It sounds super scary. It's cancer. Yeah. It's yeah. all the things, right? My world is turned upside down. And I'm like, in the moment, I feel um, scared. Um, paralyzed, um, a little bit, you know, the shame comes a little bit later, embarrassment comes a little bit later, because you're just like, now why you, me? You just yeah. said embarrassment, so what yeah. What were you, how were you feeling embarrassed, you know? Was it something that I did oh. that could have, that could have brought me to this place, right? Like, yeah. oh, you're such an you're such an idiot. Like you didn't, maybe it's more shame or whatever, but like, what did you do? Yeah. You're not taking care of your body. Right. You right. know, like no one else your age is going through this that in your circle, right? That you know, Absolutely. you know, why are, why weren't you taking better care of yourself? So, yeah. you know, just kind of like the shame and embarrassment of it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I just was really, really afraid. Yeah. And so then I talked to the doctors and, um, and I won't go into all the details, but there's, there were about, I think I went through three doctors before I landed on the one that treated me. But, um, the one thing that helped to reassure me was that at least up front, which although it was still scary, was the, the fact that Hoskins lymphoma without getting too technical is a blood cancer. It yeah. begins in your lymphatic system. 
yep. um, in your lymph nodes, right? And your lymph nodes, your lymphatic system is a part of your immune system, which helps right. you to fight off diseases and germs, et cetera. Um, they don't really know what causes it. It okay. generally... I'm going to just talk yeah. to stop right there. Don't you hate yeah. that part of it? You, you don't know how it comes about. It, they don't know how, it, like, it's like, how, it, you can't even prevent it. You can't prevent it. You don't know, you know? You don't so know. That's, don't that's know. what it just blew my mind. It was like, so how do I, how did I get this? Um, not sure. Maybe their environment, maybe. Yeah, what? and the environment killed me, right? <laughs> like, I'm like, I got to get out of here. Where am I living? Right, exactly. Um, yeah, and so, the, but the one thing that they told me was that this is the most, um, I guess, out of all the cancers, it's the best cancer to have. Yeah, it's a weird thing. It's like a weird. It, it was it was oddly reassuring, but also like you just feel bad for like everybody going through any type of cancer. Exactly. So, um, but they said that it's like you know very treatable, very you know you can live a full life because you also start to think, oh my god, am I gonna die? Right. You can live a full, long, full life and you can be cured of yeah, this cancer. Absolutely. And that is what helped to reassure me that like, okay, I have any chance. I'm going to be okay. Like it's going to be fine. Um, and so that's kind of how I started to process yeah. internally it was like, I'm good. It's going to be okay. Like I, you know, cause sometimes you only know what you see from, if you haven't been through it directly, yeah. if you haven't yeah. had someone in your immediate circle go through it, you only know what you know from the from TV. Yeah. TV, Movies. exactly. It's so funny you say that because when I first got diagnosed and the doctor said, you have a mask, because I was watching Grey's Anatomy and I was I was like, if they say mask, it's cancer. I'm sorry. Done. 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 You were right. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> already. So it's, and, and it was, it was, it was shocking. So I do, I resonate with you when it's like, why me? You know, what did I do wrong? You know, like, and um, especially because the diagnosis that you had was similar to my second time where I thought I was actually working out and I was, you know, getting back in the midst of things, but I lost 40 pounds, man, 40 Oof. pounds. Gradually. Right. Yeah. And that cough that you were talking about was, was like really weird, really weird. But, um, but yeah, you know, um, so when you found this out, were you by yourself? Were you with your family? Oh, um, I was with my twin sister. So I have a twin sister, um, Tara. We're like thick as thieves. Yeah. We lived, we were roommates up until a year ago, yeah, glued yeah. at the hip. So I found out, um, I think I might've been like on the, so I remember what I was actually on the phone. We were living together, but I was on the phone with my mom. So yeah. when I found out about the, the mask, um, and then, you know, she, because, you know, she's lived a longer life. So anytime you hear mass, yeah, she was, I think she actually told me that she like was very ill, like throughout mm -hmm. the night. She told me like, you know, later she, once I told her that she, and I'm still processing and thinking, okay, everything's fine. Right. But she was right. like ill. Wow. Um, my sister did the best that she could do in terms of supporting me because we're so close. She right. feels everything that I'm going through. That's and crazy, so, yeah. especially as a yeah. twin, to, to be able to feel this pain, but not understand it. And you guys were always connected. So for her to feel that, that's, that's, wow. Heavy. Wow. It was very heavy wow. for her. It really mm. was. And so just, um, you know, you feel bad. I'm sure you went through this too. You feel bad for your family. 
yeah. because they're trying to figure out the best way to like help you and support you. But in, in those moments, you know, I also have an um, older sister, Jade. So it, it's there's three of us, me, my twin and my sister, older sister, Jade. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I informed her as well. And, you know, uh, uh, and my father and so our fa- our immediate family of five we're a very tight-knit group a very tight family and so yeah. we love each other so much that you know that um if one of us is hurting we're all hurting yeah and so I think it's the balancing act for your family and your loved ones and caretakers it's like how do they support you in your time of need how right? did you how did you want to be supported you know because I think that a lot of times family they want to support us how they want to support us. Yeah. And sometimes that's not what we need. So what what was your maybe PSA to your family as far as, you know, coping and, and interacting with you and supporting you during this time? Yeah. You know what? I don't even think I have a PSA to them. I am one of those people who try to do it all myself. Yeah. yeah. And I've always taken on the burden of just like getting it done and I don't need help and I can like do this. So it was actually more of a PSA for my family to me Mm. to say, you have to communicate your needs. Mm, You have to like sit down. Mm. You have to let other people help you. You have to really, um, this is going to be life-changing for you and for our family but in this moment you have to take this time to really heal and not run yourself into the ground so that actually was more of a PSA from them to me and to, to, to really take it easy and be gentle and kind to myself in that moment yeah wow wow that's that's powerful now did you receive that well or you you sat I with received, it? you know it was like I received it <laughs> But I was still like, well, I don't want to be a burden. I never feel like I want to be a burden to right. like I never want to be a burden to someone else. Even now I struggle with that. Yeah. Right. And and um so because my sisters know me so well, they could FaceTime me or call me or they could look at me and be, and just know, oh, she yeah. needs help. Absolutely. Oh, she's fatigued. Oh, she's you know, I may not explicitly overtly say it, yeah. but they know me well where it's like, okay, no, 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 you got to sit down because I'm in the kitchen cooking and I'm doing yeah, this. You're doing, yeah, and you're I'm, staying busy. <laughs> and yeah. I'm trying to stay busy, but they're they're like, you need to relax. It's okay. Right. You have people here, you have a tribe. And I and I will say that um, you have your, you know, your biological family, but I also have been at my company at that point in time, Unilever yeah. for 12 years, I think, when I was diagnosed. Yeah. I started straight out of undergrad. Yeah. Maybe it was, you know, 10, 11 years. And the love from my work family. It's so important. You know, it's so important. so important. You know, and the reassurance that you do what you got to do for your health. You, you'll have a job when you come back. <laughs> that, was the, take- that was, that statement right there was the reason why I stayed at Wells Fargo so long. What they, they literally came to the hospital. They found I didn't tell them what hospital, but they somehow found out and came to the hospital. And was and my mom was there, and my mom like was like, "Wow, you know, the district manager and you know the regional came and said, hey, you know, Presley, he's a good guy. Don't worry about the job. Get better. We we support anything.' And so when you say that, like 
that means so much, you know, because we don't never know, right, how our job views us. We're just another person working on the assembly line of things to do. But to have that reassurance is so powerful and it's, it's oh encouraging. God. It really is. To the company. It's like they were in my corner when I was going through something that's just that could be devastating. So 100 percent. I mean, they sent gift cards. They sent us food. Mm. They, you know, they were just like, we got you. Some people came over to the condo in Jersey City and hung yeah. out and came to visit me during treatment. And you remember that. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, we're human, you yeah. know, and you, and you see these people eight to 10 hours a day. Sometimes you see them more your kids, your significant right. other, your yeah. sibling, you know, your parents, and you grow a different type of relationship. So I am very appreciative to my colleagues and the company for really supporting me in that moment. Gotcha. No, definitely. I totally agree. Um, what was treatment like? You know, did you yeah. have to get chemo? Did you mm -hmm. do radiation? What was that? What was that treatment for you? And what were some of like the side effects of the treatment? Yeah, I did. Um, the, so on my first diagnosis, I did a regimen called ABVD yep. for um four yep. different drugs, and um, uh, it was about I started in August of 2019 and wrapped in June. Uh, towards the end of January, 2020. Yeah. And the side effects were um, headaches, nausea, some vomiting, um, fatigue. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, I would say, you know, the, the, the change of taste. Now everybody from COVID, remember COVID uh, came, everyone was like, I can't taste my food, right? That that happens during chemotherapy. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You're like, all, was, these, all these symptoms now, you're like. Oh, I'm like, been there, done that, please. That Couldn't smell, you know, can't smell your food. Yeah, um, yeah. Hair loss. I didn't lose my hair completely. I shaved it off, uh, uh, cut it low. Not this low, obviously, but I had maybe a couple yeah. inches before treatment started. And then it started to thin out, but it didn't come out completely. But I just, I did a close shave anyway, because it was really thinning yeah. and a little bit spotty of course you have hair loss um i would say those were the most prominent you, your um fingernails will turn turn black and yeah. brittle yeah um yeah. you know the, the like usual the, yeah exactly hot flashes hot flashes for women right yeah. right right um so you went through your treatment you completed it and then you know you're scot-free you're, you're feeling good so let's talk yeah. about you know when it came knocking on the door again you know, oh my God. Well, now were you pregnant at that time when this I, happened? Or there's a lot to unpack there because I was, I just found out I was pregnant when I heard that there um, could be a possibility. I was going in for a routine scan. Okay. So that once you're done with treatment, as you know, you get a scan like six months after treatment, yep. and like a year, you get regular scans. So I, I believe this might have been the annual scan yep. and um, or coming up on the annual scan. I finished in January and I think this might have been like October, November. And they were like, let's just go ahead and see what's going on. And there were indications that they're, um, you know, the, based on the scan, the PET, yeah. CT, et cetera, there was some activity. They okay. didn't right away say that it was a relapse. They weren't really sure. They were thinking, right. okay, well, you're so soon out of treatment. We think that it could just be inflammation in the body. Your body's still sort of reacting from the chemotherapy. Absolutely. I had taken my case to the tumor board. I had all these opinions, right? So, um, so I actually continued my pregnancy because it's really scary conversations about, Absolutely. you know, if this is a relapse, 
you know, you might have to um, terminate the pregnancy. Like there were really wow. crazy conversations happening. Um, and so, you know, I continued on with my pregnancy. I felt fine. And that's what they said. They said, let's just monitor you. We're, we're not too yeah. concerned. We'll monitor you. Yeah. Your symptoms. So um, I felt great. Like my whole pregnancy, I delivered a healthy baby boy in July last year. And um, I would say about 10 weeks postpartum, I felt a a lymph node in my uh, right side of my neck. Okay. That was like bulging, like out of my neck. Mm. And I knew immediately, I was like, this isn't right. Yeah. I felt fine otherwise, a little tired, but I just chalked it up to I have a newborn. Right. <laughs> and um, so then I went and got scans here in Atlanta. At this point, I had already relocated from New Jersey to Atlanta. Yeah. Um, got a new team of doctors down here. And um, they said, okay, well, you know, you go through the biopsy. Yeah. And they confirmed it was relapsed um, okay. uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma in that the course of action now to make sure this thing was wiped out out yeah. would be to undergo an uh, autologous stem cell transplant. So what is that? What is that for the, for, for the folks that are listening? What, what is that? You said ontologist? Autologist. Auto. Yeah. Yeah. As the, the pre, uh, prefix there. Autologist. So they take your uh, stem, your own stem cells versus like a donor, uh, okay. donor stem cells. So they extract your stem cells and um, they pretty much, so let me explain it to you. Break it down, Uh, break it down. So the process is that you get a regimen of chemo, then you get the stem cell transplant. You're admitted to the hospital, you get the stem cell transplant, and then you continue on this maintenance um, chemotherapy for about a year after your stem cell transplant. So the way that the stem cell transplant, so for a couple months I had chemotherapy, um, two different drugs leading up to the stem cell transplant, um, then they extracted my stem cells and they kind of hook you up. They, um, I think they use my, did they use my port? I think they might've used my port and they, um, take out your stem cells. They whip it around in this machine yeah. and they store it. And then about a week later or a week or two later, you're admitted to the hospital and in the hospital, they hit you with what they consider like high dose chemo. I yeah. mean, they're hitting you with chemo. You're getting chemo every day every day sometimes wow. couple yes for six days straight oh. um and sometimes you're getting like you know two and three different types of medication in a day and um so you're admitted because at that point your white cells and your red cell blood yeah. count but you're pretty much being zapped they're they're rebooting your immune system wow and that's what they do. They take out the goods. They pretty much take out your stem cells. They pretty much wipe out everything, good and yeah. bad cells. Yeah. And um, and then you monitor so that your white your white cells and your red cell count start to rise and increase. Um, and then they put the they pretty much put the stem cells back in to your body, and then the stem cells will then regenerate, like kind of form into new cells. Yeah. So they're taking out the stem cells so that they can kind of re-kickstart your immune system with, with the new fresh cells in your body. Now, th- during this six-day process, you know, it's obviously it's a little bit different because the first time, obviously, the chemo spread out, right? It's, yeah. Now, to get it back to back to back, 
were the, some of the side effects the same or where yeah. was it was it rough on your body you know what because you're getting it back to back the first is so interesting because the first couple days I was just like oh wow like you know by day three I'm like okay is this how I'm gonna feel I feel pretty good like right, I'm rocking right. and rolling yeah, yeah yeah and then by like day seven so they, they called so six days of chemo day zero is your transplant day so okay. on the seventh day you they put the stem cells back into you got it um but by like day eight nine ten you feel you feel it because because it's to your point it's spread out prior you, it's like gradual the side effects are kind of coming in each week yeah. but they're gradual yeah this kind of hits you all at once because your cells are tanking mm. your cells counter ticking and so you've got like diarrhea headaches Jeez. um can't sleep uh the um, mouth sores are really really bad and you can't really eat because you have the mouth sores right and then you end up, you know, um, having to drink a lot of, like, I drank a lot of smoothies. I did what I could, though, you know, a couple of days yeah. where you just literally can't put anything in your mouth because you can hardly keep your mouth open. Um, you know, there's just, you know, the hair starts to fall out. It's a little bit delay on the hair just because, you know, that just takes more time. Hair starts to come out, I would say, maybe you know, maybe three weeks into the process, two and a half to three weeks in from day one. Um, but I would say those are the big, like those are the biggies. And so um, as you start to recover, you start to feel better because yeah. you're counterizing. Yeah. Um, and so I was discharged as I was in the hospital for about just shy of three weeks because they don't let you go until your levels are at a point where they know you can fight off yeah. germs. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and COVID right now is crazy. Wow. And um, so you were going through in this during like COVID. Yeah, I was, I was admitted March of uh, March 18th, actually is when I was admitted and I was discharged April 5th. Wow. So I've been home about a little over two months. Now, how, how does, how does, how is that a shocker where you're dealing with, the ways of the world, the COVID and how scary it is, you know, you had your son, right? Yeah. And now you have to deal with this, this transplant and that whole piece of it. Where was your mental, like, how was your mental health during this time? Yeah. Where, where were you at? It, you know, I, I thought going into the transplant that I was okay. okay. And then when I was in the hospital, I like, verbally expressed to my mom like and my dad I'm like I don't think I'm okay I'm just like mm -hmm. not mentally I wasn't mentally prepared for the physical toll yeah. of the transplant yeah. you can like read the brochures and talk to other people yeah. but when you're in it I just didn't feel ready right yeah. and um you know I was clinging a lot to my faith yep. and slash quick still clinging a lot to my faith Absolutely. um you know saying prayers and just trying to stay positive and have those kind of like daily affirmations to myself but i would say i would you know this you the part about covid is interesting because even coming out of the hospital um you're just like a, you have a heightened level of paranoia 
yeah almost because yeah. you're like I'm down to I'm in Atlanta Georgia so you're just like okay Atlanta wasn't wearing masks before the pan, you know during the pandemic peak so they're definitely not wearing masks now <laughs> And so um, even now right. I'm walking around and sometimes I'm the only one with a mask on. Right, right, right. And it's just an added layer of just protection. My son, the, the other part that's interesting is that because the transplant is so extensive um, and kind of wipes you, kind of zaps out your old immune system, my son is more vaccinated than I am. So I wow. have to get re-vaccinated with all my childhood vaccines. Yeah. So you a baby yeah. all over again. I'm a baby baby. They wow. call it in the hospital, they call it your birthday. Like day zero transplant day is like your birthday. So, so you got two birthdays of, now. Yeah, uh -huh. So they come and say happy birthdays. <laughs> wow. Interesting. So it's scary. So I don't even have like the the, the hep, you know, hepatitis, like MMR. Like I have to get all of that stuff over. Wow. Like, so I literally have to be careful even about yeah. like traveling. And for me, it's been harder just because I'm like more of a social, like I like to travel and I like yeah. to be social and I like to, you know, go hang out and be mixy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to, I have to put a, I have to slow down. I've had to slow down a lot, which has been hard for yeah. me. Um, but just kind of in the back of my mind, just trying to be safe for myself and my family. Absolutely. Um, man, it's, uh, that's, yo, I didn't know. I remember when I first, when you had first reached out or I, maybe I reached out or you first reached out to me and I was just like, you're going to be fine. Yeah. You're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. And, um, you, you've always been strong before this. You've always been strong, yeah. bubbly, social. Yeah. And so I already knew you, God already had you covered. So it's a, it's amazing to kind of hear this, that you're, you know, you are reborn again, right? I'm reborn literally, physically, reborn spiritually. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to tap into some more, more joyful and lifeful. How's motherhood? You know, I was being a mother during, I, despite all this, you're, a, you, God allowed your process, you know, like it was after then they said, you know, this came back, but to be able to 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 bring life to a beautiful, handsome young man, how are you as a, how are you in, enjoying motherhood and 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 navigating through that during all of this? I'm enjoying it so much. He's the most beautiful blessing. You don't even like, you know. He's so I will say this to say for the women who are watching, or you know, yeah. the the mothers, the people who aspire to be mothers. Um, is that, you know, if, so this is actually, I want to share it with your audience because this is important. Absolutely. Is that when you go through, I've had a lot of conversations about infertility yeah. as a result of treatment. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, when I was diagnosed the first go round, it was like, freeze your eggs, freeze your eggs. I couldn't yeah. freeze my eggs because the tumor was, I had complications. The tumor was way too big and the right. anesthesiologist didn't feel comfortable with me Absolutely. going under. They had to start treatment right away. Yeah. So I um, went through treatment and I was, I conceived, I was able to conceive naturally. Yeah. Um, after my first, uh, first uh, battle, I don't even want to say battle, but after my first battle with cancer, the first hurdle, and first, first hurdle. hurdle, thank you. First hurdle. <laughs> um, and, and I was just so happy to just be able to bring that life into the world. 
And but and I mentioned earlier there was a scare. Okay, you might terminate your pregnancy because the second line of um, uh, treatment for a relapse Hodgkin's doesn't support you being pregnant. Like right not going to work. Right. And so overcoming that obstacle and just saying, I'm listening to my body. I feel okay. Like we're going to, I'm going to do it. Right. You have to make the decision that is best for you. And now having come out of the transplant, there's a higher risk and having been through treatment prior, higher risk of um, infertility now because of the harshness of the, the chemo. Yeah. So what I would say is if there's anyone watching this or listening to this and you want to be a parent, and I'm speaking to, to the women because I don't know the perspective from a male perspective, but I would urge you to freeze your eggs um, and do a couple cycles if you can. Just get as many eggs tucked away as you can, um, just because you never know. And like me, I was uh, I conceived naturally. And, you know, I have a beautiful baby boy and I'm just so happy to be a mother and just watch him grow and all the special moments. Um, but sometimes I think like that's not everyone's story, yeah. right? And yeah. if you're able to take advantage of some of those benefits and really able to um, make that decision between yourself, uh, your partner, your family, um, then do it because it's, he's the greatest joy um, of my life. And, and if you have, uh, dreams and aspirations of being becoming a mother, I really highly recommend that you do what you need to do to protect your fertility. Yeah, no, nah, um, well, man, thank you for sharing that because um, me too, I didn't, I didn't uh, freeze no, my sperm. Yeah, I didn't freeze okay. my sperm. So, yeah. um, and maybe I was looking at the wrong program. So I would definitely encourage those, look into the programs. There's programs that it's very mm -hmm. affordable. You know, some of the, you Google so many things, right? And you may Google the wrong site, but I learned afterwards there were, there were uh, uh, freezers that were like maybe, you know, like $100 a month or and things of that nature. So it all depends. And then look into your insurance too. That's very important to see what your insurance covers because um, insurance helps a lot. And we haven't even gone down that road as far as how having good insurance is, but um, I was able to conceive and I didn't, I didn't think I would because of so much chemo that I had. I didn't, you know, so, but I would definitely, fellas, if, you know, freeze your sperm. Freeze it. Freeze it. It will go fund me, figure it out. <laughs> figure it out. And you bring up a good point. I was able to use my um, progeny, which is um, the amazing company that they focus on fertility um, yeah. uh, benefits. And I was able to leverage them through my company. So if you yeah. have great insurance, take advantage yeah. of it. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and so I'm gonna ask you a couple more questions. Yeah. Um, now that you face death, not only once, <sighs> but twice, how is your outlook on mortality? Oh. Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I, you know, I try to look at every day as a gift. Yeah. I don't know if I had that perspective before. Okay. Right? It's like, um, and I'm more sensitive about my time and yep. how I spend my time and where I place my energy. Mm. And that's an important part of me just like 
trying to preserve. It's a part of me just trying to preserve my peace. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I think before I might have been like, oh, a little more scared, but I'm like, now I can do anything. And I, I really feel deep down in my soul that I am going to live a prosperous, Absolutely. long, Absolutely. fruitful life. Absolutely. But I want to do it in a way that's more meaningful. Yeah. Right. Because I think I, um, and it's just so hard. It's so much to unpack. I know we don't have a whole lot of time, but, <clears throat> you know, I think a, a lot of times. I felt like as I was going through life, checking the box, okay. like go to school, get a good job, yep. you know, have a family, yeah. you know, and, and I always felt like I found moments to re- like to enjoy, you know, you yeah, go on vacation absolutely. with girls every now and then, right, right. but now I want to put um, joy at the forefront of my life, yeah. whether that be spending time with my son whether that be hanging out with my girlfriends, whether that's hanging out, spending quality time with my, um, with my sisters. Yeah. And, you know, I, you know, I ran the the will and slash running the corporate America will, right. Of just work, work, work. And now I have a perspective where I don't, I don't really want to like work myself into the ground. (laughs) I want to do things that bring me joy. You, and that's, and that's beautiful, man, because, you know, when you go through these hurdles or these obstacles in life um, that hits you mysteriously or hits you, you blindside you, right? You know, it's like when you are driving, you know, you have those blind spots. Sometimes if you don't look, you never know, right? It's, but when it hits you, you're like, oh, and joy is, is definitely um, a key word, but also too, like you, you value your time, you value your peace, you know, um, I say, you know, we, we both have survived and looked death in the face twice. And from even for me now, like I, I enjoy life more. I, I don't work. I try not to work so hard because, you know, you get into that, that wheel and you're working, working, and you never realize, like, I didn't take any vacation. I, you know, and you, you feel like, oh, I'm gonna lose my job or I'm gonna, no, you have to live every moment and make every moment count. Because if you don't, you never know. Um, Denzel Washington, uh, he did an interview and he said, like, if you pass tomorrow and your ghost could look over your life, would you be happy of what you've accomplished, experienced if tomorrow was your last day? And so when he said that, that gave me goosebumps because it's like, there's so many things that I haven't done or there's so many things that I haven't experienced. And you have to seize the moment. Every moment counts. We don't got time for the small, dumb arguments and things. We don't. Like that, we know? don't. And um, I think that as survivors, as we walk into survivorship, we end up um, not being less patient, but we, you know, we don't got time for the bullshit. <laughs> Period. I, I, mean, I mean, I'm just saying, you know, like, and and at the same time, though our outlook on life is just different and, and we're special in that space and you're special. And so I'm so, I'm so glad to be able to experience this in, in this moment, because like, um, we're all like superheroes, right? You know, we're all, we're, we're all superheroes and we have, we don't have a, a talent. We just have 
a, a force, a force field that we're now unstoppable, you know? Oh my God, I love that. We're so I love that. I'm like, where's my cape? Exactly. My cape? It's, it's already there, you know? It's like Dr. Strange, you know, he got the thing in it. You know, he got, the cape could do a lot of things. And so, so um, what are you doing now, Tori? What's, you know, what, what are you doing now? Um, where are you working? Are you, are you, you doing anything in the community? Like what, um, what's going on? So I am, uh, so I haven't gone back to work. I'm still on leave. Like I said, I was discharged about two months ago. So I'm, okay. I'll be transitioning back into corporate America and, um, Congratulations. in a couple months. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, so, uh, so looking forward to that and hoping that, you know, I can keep up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And um, I will keep you all posted because I, I really, uh, I've reached out recently to Emory. So that's where I was treated. I yeah. reached out to Emory um, University, Winship Cancer Institute um, down in Atlanta, Georgia. And I'm, I'm hoping to, to do some things um, to just give back and, and partner. So I'll keep you guys updated. Absolutely. We would love, you know, anything that you are doing, we would love to just, you know, shower that to the world. Um, because, you know, this is this, this podcast, this, the organization stem from just, you know, being able to, uh, see this day. Right. And, yeah. um, and, and, and we need advocates just like you to be out there in the forefront. Yeah. Know? And, and, it and if you, if, it, yeah, if anybody's out there and you're thinking, uh, Hey, like, I would love to connect with you, I want to talk to you about your experience. I, I wasn't that person. Like, I wish I was that person that like reached out more yeah. and like heard, cause I didn't want to be clouded, but you yeah. know, but now I'm like, oh man, I should actually talk to some people. Yeah. <laughs> um, please reach out to me and um, I will be more than happy to just connect and, and have a conversation with you. All right. Well, you know, we, you know, we got a support group that's starting up soon. So, you know, I'm going to keep, hey, I'm going to definitely, I'm going to definitely tap on your shoulder. So, but before we go, yeah, the infamous positive deposit. So I need three positive deposits from Corey McGee um, on whether it's for the mothers that have been survivors or going through it uh, for, you know, fellow survivors that are afraid of the workforce, but what are three positive deposits that you want to share with with the, the audience and the, and the people listening in. Okay, so I jotted mine down because I didn't want to get it wrong. That. <laughs> <laughs> so the first thing I'll just say is um, it's okay to fill all the fills is mm. what I wrote down. Mm. Let yourself fill because sometimes you're going to want to like like shoot those feelings away you're going to want to pour yourself out and it's it's okay right to want to be able to like reset but let yourself go through the emotions let yourself um feel loved by others as well that's good that's good yeah um the second one which i learned more recently during my hospital stay is advocate for yourself advocate for yourself mm. because no one is going to advocate for you no not at all and i remember being in the hospital and i would be in pain right yeah. for whatever reason i'm in pain or i'm nauseous or whatever i have a headache and i would just be trying to grind through it yeah and not thinking if i say something there might be a medication that could yeah. help me 
Yeah. <laughs> there might be something that the nurse can do to help me feel more comfortable. Yeah. Right. That's one example of many. But speak up for yourself, advocate yeah. for yourself, even as you're looking for doctors. That's why I landed on, you know, three different doctors. You know, I went through three different doctors. It's, I wanted to be paired with the right team yeah. for me and my Absolutely. needs. Okay. Absolutely. Um, and then the third one is something that I heard from Steve Harvey and he's <laughs> always dropping gems. Yes. And Steve Harvey said something and I wrote it down because it just spoke to me. He said, listen, you have a track record of surviving 100% of bad days. Mm. Okay. You have a track record every bad day that you've had. It's in the rearview mirror. You've survived. You've gotten over the finish line. Hang in there. You're going to get through this. This is only a point in time. And you're going to come out on the other side even better, even brighter, even bolder, even more beautiful. Wow. I just felt that. I felt that. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Hang in there. It's a, and, and that's, that's how I'm going to leave you. Okay. Okay. So if people want to reach out to you, Tori, um, are you on Instagram? Are you on Facebook? Where, where can they, they reach you? Oh, not Facebook. No, it's going <laughs> to. Oh, what is your IG? So folks, oh, IG, there we go. IG, uh, at storytelling, story with an I, S-T-O-R-I-T-E-L-L-I-N-G. Um, and then if you want to shoot me an email, if you're more email type of person, you can reach me at Tori, T-O-R-I dot McGee, M-C-G-E-E at gmail.com. Well, there you have it. No Facebook, IG or email. (laughs) And, you know, uh, and for those, you know, we are on all streaming, uh, streaming platforms, Apple, uh, podcasts, Google podcasts, uh, Spotify podcasts and iHeartRadio. Uh, please go to our website for Positive Deposits, www.positivedeposits.org. Um, and, you know, without you, your support, whether you want to volunteer, whether you want to donate, definitely, you know, donations are, are key. But, um, you know, we, we, we welcome all types of support. And, you know, um, as we close out, Tori, thank you once again, because here we are transforming minds to change lives and you've definitely done that today on the show so i praise you i give you your flowers and uh we'll talk to you soon thank you so much thank you for having me i really appreciate it bye everyone all right